Support for the Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Guys, you want the best clubs in your bag when you're hitting the course, and you want the best men's grooming tools you possibly can have when you're shaving your balls. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped, just like how your elite clubs don't make you shank the ball off the tee. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming, just like your putting game. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, which is about as quickly as Bryson DeChambeau's tee-offs with his driver, Travel. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. there and welcome back to get in the hole presented by underground sports philadelphia i'm your host jacks and today i'm joined by kyle bennett we back baby we back we're back and we're talking u.s open looking ahead to the masters and uh, a few other updates in the golf world all right so u.s open i mean kind of the one of probably my favorite major of the year tied between that and augusta but it was really hyped up from the start everyone like a year or two, I was saying Wingfoot. It's going to be special. It always is. Always provides a true test, a really hard test of golf. Um, and I'd say that more than delivered this week. And they had one player finish under par and Bryson at six under. Um, so that was that was pretty fun to see. 
don't know how much you how much coverage you got to watch Kyle, but it was fun seeing them. They were they looked they looked, looked a little squeamish out there. I was watching the updates on Twitter and just kind of noticing that the course was the overall winner of this one because, like you said, <laughs> one guy finishes under par, Matthew Wolf finishes even, and going into Sunday, only three guys were under par heading into the final day of the tournament, which I think is just absolutely insane. Um, especially with the competition we had, the guys that played in this yeah. one for – it to finish with Bryson at minus six, and then Matthew Wolf finishes in second at even, and then the next closest is Louis Oosthuizen at plus two. I was I was blown away by like how much trouble this course gave guys, and I think you know. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's always talked about how the U.S. Open course is the one that like tricks people and it, it you know befuddles them a bit and it makes it difficult for them and. That held true this weekend for sure. Yeah, I, I think kind of the U.S. Open's motto is like the most complete and the most true test of golf and just finding who, who's the best player at that time. And um, I think it's tough to say that it's anyone besides Bryson. He wasn't even just he wasn't even just killing the ball off the tee. He was hitting fairways when he was leaking into the uh, into the rough. He was just too strong. He was overpowering it. Um so he's able to get some looks that I think some guys probably wouldn't have had. Um, so that was really fun to see. I, I don't even think he was top five in driving distance. So it seems like he uh, he kind of little took a little hit there to make sure he was a little bit more accurate when he needed to be. Um, it paid off. His short game was impeccable as always. So that was just fun to see. I'm sure that was great for him to kind of just feel like this whole journey he's been on the past year or so of putting on 30 pounds of muscle kind of kind of paid off in the biggest way um on the biggest stage at probably what a lot of pros are saying is a top five hardest course in the world especially in that setup so i'm sure he's just he's saying it was all worth it in the end um one funny thing i saw is right after he was saying uh he's going right back to to training and stuff like that but he's actually testing out a longer shaft in his driver so the standard for driver shafts i believe is 45 and a half or 46 inches depending on how tall you are um but the pga tour actually allows you to go longer it's just not really used that often because you're going to lose some accuracy that way but he's he's going full throttle going up to the legal limit for shaft length and uh he's doing some testing but he'll probably be carrying the thing 370 if he can that's that extra two inches you'd be surprised how much speed you pick up off that so i'm excited to see the uh the initial results from his testing on that yeah i mean with his strength and just like how he freaking mashes the ball and the way that he looked this year like he's essentially like the hulk with the ability to pick up mm. thor's hammer like just yeah. absolutely wrecks it and like you said you know cranking it up a notch i don't think it's going to really affect him too much if anything it might even no. help him a bit because of you know the full force that he's getting he's going to get more you know, of that back angle to come back down, I think that could potentially benefit him even more with this change. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something else. The guy just, he's always working on something. Um, and I've gone back and forth on him, on the show, both on the show and just in my own mind between him bulking up and like kind of trying to talk trash to Brooks and bringing that into the mix. But then the ants dilemma and getting the rules official involved, it's just like, 
he just he's just all over the place and i'm kind of really starting to solidify a, a solid opinion that i that i do love the guy he's just <laughs> he, he's a he's like a mad scientist you can't stop just trying to tinker uh and get better and i think that's something that most amateur golfers can kind of relate to is that constant just like well what if i just tweak this like a little bit i know i do that and i i do that every time i go to the range i try to film myself um and just tweak little things and just see what happens see see what kind of uh changes you can make now that's great to see you obviously know better than than i would but what makes this course in particular like the one that is like the true test and why it's so difficult to play I mean, you can look to a lot of things. Uh, I believe their total yardage was 7,500 yards, which is, I mean, that's that's extremely long for any amateur. I think that's getting to be kind of, that's still long for them, but it's kind of becoming more commonplace. Um, that length at 7,500, they probably play 7,200 average, I'd say. But this week, at least, they were only playing a par 70. So normally most courses are par 72. So they took, I believe two par fives and made them par fours, which is just crazy to think about. So it's like they had several holes that were like 500 and something yards. Oh, that's a par four. Um, so when you take those two shots away overall over 18 holes, that's a big difference. Uh, especially in those holes, you're, you're having a mid or long iron into an iron. And then you, you like, you have to two putt or get up and down. If you miss the green, that kind of brings an added element into it. Um, Wingfoot, their greens, uh, anyone who watched any of the coverage, they are just diabolical. They were running quick, but they weren't running at an unfair pace, I don't think. I think a lot of the guys out there were saying, yeah, you can put on these greens. You just have to be – you have to have a great stroke, and you have to really be reading them right that week. Um, and then the rough. Everyone was talking about it. I forget what the average length. It was like five and a half inches, something like that. It was covering our Palmer cans. I mean – you just you had to hit fairways um but even if you didn't we saw with bryson he missed some fairways we saw with matthew wolf he missed some fairs fairways was still able to make some birdies um so it really put a premium not on hitting fairways exactly but hitting fairways and knowing where you can kind of miss it where the rough might not be as punishing where you can still have an angle and a distance where hey even if I miss it by a few yards running into the rough, I can still maybe get it onto the green. Um, so that's what makes it harder for them. It, you put them in the fairway. Uh, at a lot of these other courses where the fairways are super wide, they're going to have a wedge in. But here, they're having to wedge out, which is fun to see because that's how a lot of amateurs have to play. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Does that also Just play to into like, the time of year, too, since it's the fall, it's getting cooler out? I'd have to imagine that didn't help. The players, uh, it looked like the fairways were running pretty firm. That also could have been a course management decision. But yeah, I, I think end of the summer, I don't think they've had a ton of rain. So it was playing pretty pretty solid to begin with. Um, so, I mean, you saw guys hit it to the middle of the fairway and it rolls out all the way, which kind of stinks for them. It's like you hit a great drive and it rolls out. So you, you have to control. You have to be in complete control of your game and just know, hey, it's going to carry this distance, roll out this distance. Um and like I said, uh, Bryce is a mad scientist. He knows exactly how far his clubs are going to carry and roll out. So it seems like that really paid off for him. How impressed were you by Matthew Wolf? Obviously going into Sunday, he was in the lead, had an opportunity to win, and uh, 
on Sunday hits a 75. Um, but, you know, through the first, you know, three rounds, he went 66, 74, 65, and then 75. But overall, how impressed were you with, you know, a 21-year-old phenom, essentially? Yeah, I mean, I would say I was extremely impressed. I believe that was his first U.S. Open start, which I think I, I think I saw it somewhere that the last time someone won their U.S. Open debut was Francis We Met, which was at the Country Club, which is in Brookline, Mass. It's a they made a movie after it was Shia LaBeouf, the greatest game ever played. Oh, nice. Um, about just a caddy who grew up like super poor across the street was never allowed to play, but it's a great movie. Any anyone listening would definitely recommend that one. If you're uh, bored and thinking about golf one day, but I mean, I don't think so. I, I think just based on that, no one's won their U.S. Open debut in a hundred years. I think you kind of have to get acclimated. Probably takes a couple years to kind of get used to that format and that kind of pressure. He came in. I mean, he had some up and down rounds, but that's to be expected between the pressure of playing in the U.S. Open for the first time and at this course playing as hard as it was. Um, I was very impressed. Uh, 75 on Sunday, obviously it's not ideal, but watching the coverage, he never really took himself out of it. Um, even when Bryson was up two or three, he was still, still seemed to be focused. He, he had a few bad shots, um, but he seemed to handle it pretty well. So, so that was good to see. I've said a few times, I'm a big wolf guy. I love his swing. He seems like he seems like a great guy, a little charismatic. Um, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd imagine he gets a major here in the next few years coupled with a bunch of tour wins yeah i mean he's one of those guys that i think you know towards the beginning of quarantine a lot of people gravitated towards because it was one of the few sports that was actually going on he's younger it's a new face for the sport he's got that funky swing that i think a lot of people like to watch as well and uh i think anytime he succeeds now it's gonna be something that a lot of people tune into is especially if you know he's in it like he was going into sunday yeah, I'd agree with that, and I I would expect that in the coming tournaments and uh, majors, especially, we're gonna see him. We're gonna see him down the stretch. He's got that funky swing, but he knows exactly how to work it. Drives the ball beautifully. Um, great short game. Great iron striker. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see what what his future holds. Um, we got the Masters coming up in a few months. Hopefully, he's in contention there. Again, the whole podcast is also sponsored by our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best in the business. You guys want a quality product for an affordable price. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades are providing you with the best blue light plus technology in the game and the most comfortable sunglasses that will ever grace your face. You don't want the sun getting in your eyes when you're about to tee off on hole number one to screw up your entire round of golf. That's why our friends at Tomahawk Shades are revolutionizing the sunglasses game to the nines. Head over to TomahawkShades.com right now and sign up for their rewards program. Start earning Hawk points today. When you sign up, you're getting points for free. You follow them on Facebook and Instagram through the site when you sign up for Hawk points. Easy money right there. You get points right off the bat. You celebrate a birthday like I do soon. Easy points right there. It's such an easy way to earn, and it becomes free money for you to spend on Tomahawk Shades' website. Guys, the sunglasses I wear each and every day only cost me $30. Why would you go and spend a whole two weeks' paycheck on a pair of sunglasses 
when you can get the same quality for a fraction of the price. So head over to TomahawkShades.com right now, and at checkout, use the code USP to save yourself 25% off your order, and if your order is over $75, it qualifies for free shipping. That's promo code USP at checkout to save yourself $25 off your order, and if that order is over $75, it qualifies for free shipping, and every dollar you spend translates into more Hawk points. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for a quality product at an affordable price. That's crazy to think about. You know, we're recording this in September that we have the Masters Masters. in a couple months. (laughs) I know. Let's hope the foliage checks out and I'm big foliage guy, so that'll. I would imagine Augusta is going to be somehow more beautiful in the fall than in the spring. Um, I'm sure it'll play a lot differently. It's going to be firmer down in Georgia, a little colder, which doesn't doesn't really bode well for uh, the Tiger fans amongst us. Uh, Tiger needs a very specific climate where he uh, where his back kind of holds up a little bit better, um, and I think we'll probably be seeing a few colder temperatures, which. Might not play in his favor, but no one knows Augusta like Tiger Woods, so I'll never count him out of the fight. Uh, Spirit and Tigers didn't have the best week this week. Missed the cut, obviously. He had a few he had a few glimpses where I was like, all right, he's got his game together. He was up and down, kind of like everyone, though. I mean, going into it, I wasn't super hopeful, uh, to be honest. I knew it was going to be on the chilly side for him, and with that rough, he's not the strongest anymore with that back, so he's not – I mean, Bryson – he can just rip into that rough with a long iron and have no problem. Tiger knows he probably can't, probably shouldn't do that. So he was always going to have a tough time at this open and a lot of us opens. Um, a, a lot of golf podcasts have talked about it, that tigers like gettable majors are the masters, the, the open, the British open um, PGA and then the U S open and last, like that's probably going to be, his least likely chance of winning um, just because the other three probably not going to play as long um, conditions a little bit more fit to his game. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do at Augusta. Uh, another veteran Phil, I was tough to see him miss the cut in such a brutal way. Um, that would have been such a cool story. I don't know if you listen, they put out a YouTube video uh, a few weeks ago about his collapse at winged foot. And I think it was Oh six. At that time, he had not won a major yet. He was he was the number two guy to Tiger in terms of best in the world. Just couldn't put it together at a major and, and get it done. And then it looked like he was finally going to do it. And on the 18th hole, he asked the rules official, hey, what do I have to make here to win the U.S. Open, to win my first major? And they told him. So he, I, I still think that probably got in his head a little bit. They're like, you just make bogey, you're fine. Like, you might go into playoff. You might win it outright. Steps up. Slices his drive into the rough, hits a hospitality tent, and it was just down downhill from there. He ended up making bogey, and it, it's just, oh, it's so it was so tough to watch. Phil's collapse at wing foot. So, and what could very likely be his his last years competing in majors this year. He started playing senior tour a little bit to have him possibly, and he has not won a U.S. Open. He's won all three of the other majors, so he doesn't have that career grand slam to have him win this year at wing foot where he blew his first major 
like his best chance to win his first major would have been probably one of the best storylines of, of recent memory. Definitely. Um, but it, uh, definitely in all of golf, just cause Phil's always been one of those favorite guys, always been one of the best great ambassador of the game. So that would have been so cool. I mean, he's a little bit too old for that to be a fit course for him, but just if he could have pieced it together somehow, that would have been so awesome. That would have been insane. That would have been not only one of the best golf stories, that would have been one of the best sports stories. Like, that is, like, a 30 for 30, you know. For sure. What if I told you? Like, I can hear the what if I told you. Yeah, what if I told you? Yeah. Oh, I mean, and his collapse back in 2006, I think it was, like, transcended golf. It was, it made its way throughout the entertainment world. I'm a, I'm a big entourage guy, and Ari Gold made a joke about it in the show. It was something about uh, doing worse than Phil at Phil on a Sunday at Wingfoot, um, and it was just a total ricochet shot. But it was just forever. Like, is Phil ever going to be able to put it together? Put four days together in a major and get it done after that? But he did. He's won a few since then, but just he could never get that U.S. Open to get the career Grand Slam. Before we uh, we keep the discussion going, I think something that. Uh... Wingfoot could have used on their roughs this weekend was uh, our friends at Manscaped. Yes, this podcast is now brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, and I'm pretty sure those Wingfoot uh, rough patches could have used the lawnmower 3.0 because Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, it's premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. You kick it back to when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were on the course. Could have been using it in that rain. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded the motor to as fast as Bryson DeChambeau's wind-up 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls We'll thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code USP. Shout out Manscaped. Shout out Manscaped. How much do you think this weather is going to play into the Masters? We talked about it a little bit, but like, We've never experienced this before, so we have no clue yeah. what to really expect at Augusta. Granted, I'm not I, I'm not super familiar familiar with Georgia weather in November. I can't imagine it's going to be a 
going to be too warm. Um, so yeah, I mean, green's probably going to be a little firmer. Fairway's going to run a little bit quicker. So it's going to change a lot of these guys. They, they come in, they've played there so many times that they're just like, well, I know I have this, I take driver on this hole. I have this iron into the green. If I miss the green, I have this club. So I think it's definitely going to mess with that perception for them. And that, um, I guess muscle memory, which is going to make them uncomfortable. We, I expect we're going to see some not as low scores. Uh, that's just kind of how I would feel about it. Granted, they're going to have time to prepare, but it's Augusta National. Um, you could have 20 years and not be prepared to play it. But I think my pick, my pick at the moment would be Tiger. He's shown throughout the years, even in his struggling years, he can play at Augusta. Even in those down years where he wasn't playing super well, only playing a few tournaments a year he was still he was still competing at augusta so if there's one guy i had to take to to figure out how it's going to play differently in a short amount of time it's going to be him um so i'm excited to see that i i think the weather definitely plays a huge impact as it does at every tournament but it's gonna be fun to see here yeah i'm excited you know to have it is there a set date yet i think it's november 11th start date i could be incorrect about that just it's around there it's, uh thursday november 12th is the first day so i mean november 12th through the the 15th it would be i guess yeah if my math is correct uh yeah you know and then a couple weeks later you get thanksgiving football you've got middle of the season football going on that week too like mid-november is going to be so much fun we're gonna have the the nba draft going on and all of this too, but the Masters is going to be going on while all of that is happening too. It's just it's crazy with with this COVID life that we're living right now, and how everything's kind of been flipped on its head a bit with stuff that we're going to get the Masters, you know, around Thanksgiving. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm I'm so excited. And a time that we really don't see golf in November. I mean. They have tournaments that are typically, I think, over in Asia around that time, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a little before then. But you really don't see too, too many golf tournaments on that time. Certainly not a major and what a lot a lot of people consider to be the most prestigious major. Um, I'd suspect you're going to see a lot more people golfing around that time than usual. Uh, even if there's snow on the ground, I know I will be out uh, getting some, get some practice reps in. Just because anytime I watch golf, I get... It just brings the itch on all too strong. I'm like, well, crap! I gotta get out there. I gotta, I gotta hit the range. Gotta play nine. Gotta play eighteen. So I'll certainly be playing around uh, November fifteenth. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm trying to imagine because obviously Georgia being down south, it's gonna be warmer than what it would be, you know, up here in you know the Northeast and everything. But like it's still got to be so different. And just thinking about like the science that's going to have to go into, you know, the preparation for these guys because they've never played at this course during this time of year, it's going to be so different. Um, you know, I think guys like Bryson are going to be at the, the forefront uh, just because of that pure strength he delivers. And I think the finesse guys are going to struggle like they did this week. Like we saw Rory struggle, you know, I think he finished plus six, uh, this weekend, um, you know, Dustin Johnson was plus five and, you know, a lot of these guys that are, you know, the, the pretty guys to watch, you know, they have those nice smooth swings. It's nothing that seems forced. Obviously nobody has a swing like Bryson, but, um, 
I have to imagine that's going to carry over into the Masters as well. Yeah. I mean, if those greens run any firmer than they usually do, I don't know what they're going to do out there. It's it's just going to come down to putting in my mind. Um, I mean, the, the, the greens, it's impossible. I've never been to Augusta. Dream of going to the Masters every year, but never been. Um, I've heard that, it, that the TV just can't do it justice, that the greens are just absolutely diabolical, diabolical in every sense of the word, but you really can't get a sense for that on TV. So I think mix mix that with them possibly running firmer with what will probably be a lack of rain, a little colder weather. It's going to come down to putting, I think, uh, which can be fun to see. Um, How uh, were there any surprises for you at the U S open, you know, just whether, you know, with the struggles that some guys had, were you surprised by some of the guys that did struggle? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a few. Um, I mean, not that he struggled. DJ, I think, was certainly up there. I, I want to say he was either top 15 or top 10 at the end, but he never really tied seemed... Tied for sixth. Tied for sixth, so pretty good, but he never really seemed to be in contention, as weird as that sounds for a guy who finished tied for sixth. At least watching coverage, I think it was mostly just watching future future groups, but he never seemed like he never seemed like he could. He was in a place to take over and take a lead, um, which was weird given the just absolute dominance that he had for the past few weeks in the regular season and the playoffs. Um, it seemed like he was going to, he was just destined to make a run, take home another U S open. Um, especially he hits it a mile, great driver. The ball hits pretty straight, strong enough to muscle it out of the rough when he has to, I, I figured he would be primed to make a run there, but just didn't see that. So that was kind of a surprise. Um, and honestly, we talked about him before Matthew Wolf finishing second, that's a surprise. Uh, I, I said the same thing earlier that a lot of guys probably don't play as well in their first U.S. Open. Amateur, uh, not amateur, but super young. Um, so that was a surprise to see for me. I did not expect him. Honestly, I expect more cow to play a little bit better, but I did not expect a lot of young guys to be towards the top. Um, yeah, because Colin Morikawa didn't even make the cut. Yeah. And then the last one, the first day that amateur that they had out there, he's still in college. He was like four under at one point leading the tournament. Um, so that was just crazy. He ended up, I don't think he made the cut, but that was just so cool to see. This super young kid, he's in college. He just came out, tore it up for a few holes, ended up finishing like 100 for the day. But that's still, to do that at that course, that kid's going to have a bright future. I forget his name. It was something Thompson, I want to say, but that was so fun to watch. And it's not often that you see that on you know the big stage either. You know, with one of these majors, whether it's the U.S. Open, the Mav- you don't see the the amateur guys kind of just coming out and it's like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, be in the spotlight and take it away from these pros for a little bit. But uh, watch me do my thing. Yeah, for real. I mean, the U.S. Open is special, I think, in that they always have amateurs, like a, a fair amount of them. They have regional qualifiers for people to play into to be able to play in the tournament. I don't think they did those this year, but it's always been. They've always had a lot of amateurs uh, in the field, but it's always, I mean, you're going up against the best players in the world. They, they usually miss the cut, but to see if to see one of them make the cut, I think is, is awesome to see one of them take the spotlight for one, at least a day was so cool. Um, so that kid's definitely got a bright future. So excited to see where that goes. And that's something that that kid can talk about 
like for the rest of his life. Like no matter what yeah. happens in his golf career, whether he goes pro or doesn't, like he can always say, you know, I was leading the pack at the U.S. Open back in 2020 when I was still in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a hell of a story for him. Super pumped to see that. Um, I don't think there were. I mean, there's a million storylines you could talk about surprises, but those are kind of the big ones for me, at least. Are we surprised by how Bryson's kind of taken the tour by storm this year? Honestly, like yet, it's like I one of those yes and, and no. Like, yes, yeah, it's a it's a yes and no because when he was bulking up, it was like, well, he's going to be hitting the ball a mile, and then it was a question of can he keep that short game? Like he's he's putting all his time to fitness and hitting the ball ten miles. Is he going to have that short game kind of remain? as sharp as it was, if you're devoting all this time to the other, other parts of your game, is going to be missing fairways since he's trying to kill the ball. So, I don't know. I mean, this was a decisive win. This was definitely his strongest performance, obviously. Uh, but up until this point, I don't think he was really, really, he wasn't really capitalizing on all that distance, to be honest. I don't think he had won up until this point. Not to say that's the only barometer for taking the tour by force at this point, just given how many strong competitors there are. But I'm going to say yes. It, it. I am surprised that it worked out at a venue like this. Um, and especially just with his make... play style, like, all year. Like, it's so different compared to what we're accustomed yeah. to seeing, and it's, it's worked in incredible fashion. Yeah, I mean... If you had asked me when he was bulking up, hey, is he going to win a major? I would say, yeah. I mean, if you give him a PGA championship with wider fairways, he's going to tear the place up. He's going to have half lob wedges into holes and just have birdie looks that no one else has. I would not have guessed at the beginning of the year. I would say win a few regular tournaments, maybe PGA champ, and that'd be at U.S. Open. I would have said no way, but that was awesome to watch. Props to Bryson. Um, put it all together. That was sick. Do you think we could see more guys kind of follow his path that have, you know, the stature he does if they are bigger guys, like go with the bulk up method, try to, you know, be power guys and, you know, follow this trend that he's, you know, kind of started on his own, but could we see it become something that's more normal? Yeah, that's a question that's kind of been raised on social media on golf coverage a lot and honestly i don't think so um i mean it's definitely it's definitely possible i'm sure you'll see a few guys do it but there's been long driver like long drive champions for however long 15 20 years they never really seem to be able to make it on tours because it's it's about so much more than just hitting the ball a mile um and you look to the last major, the only major we've played this year so far, the PGA Championship, you have Colin Morikawa, a guy who I don't have the number, so I don't want to be, I don't want to misspeak, but I don't think he even averages 300 yards off the tee, which at this point is kind of the barometer for for just an average um, length off the tee. So I'm going to look into that very quickly, but to, to keep going on my point, you have Bryson bombing it, but you still have guys competing not hitting it that far just because there's so many other aspects of your game where you can kind of hone in on those and 
make them your strength. Colin Morikawa hits his irons probably better than anyone in the world. Uh, after the PGA champ, he was talking that in college they're doing just some baseline testing and he, the average dispersion for his six iron. So how far offline he was, was that of the average pitching wedge on the PGA tour when he was in college. So he was just so, he's just so good at hitting the ball exactly where he wants with his irons that it really doesn't make driving less important, but he's able to get away with not needing to hit at 350 yards to birdie holes because he can get so close with his irons. So long story short, I don't think we're going to see that become like more. We'll, we'll see a few more guys probably try it. I'm sure we'll see some guys not do it as well as Bryson. Bryson was obsessive in this endeavor. Um, looked into every possible outcome, side effect, you name it. He, he looked into it just because he seems to be that kind of scientific guy. So I think, I honestly think we might see a few people try it and maybe not take the same approach and maybe it doesn't work out for them. Um, yeah, Colin Morikawa, so he, he actually ranked 56th in driving, which is pretty good, but 316 yards, so I was way off. Uh, I mean, 316 now, which is crazy to think about, is only ranking you 56th on the PGA Tour because um, that's goddamn mild, but... Yeah, it was a very long-winded, long-winded answer to no, no. I don't think that becomes a huge thing. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that, but yeah, I feel like it takes like a specific type of person. You know, it, you need yeah. to have the height stature. I think you can't be, you know, a smaller guy. Um, and like you said, Bryson was obsessive with like you need somebody that has like that obsessive trait that knows what they're getting into and won't you know stray from that path until they get where they want to be and I don't know if there's anybody up anybody out there yet it might be you know a college trend where we see some of these amateur guys look at Bryce and see his success they kind of feel the same way that they're not you know at their peak physical form yet and then they just go all in on on Bryson's method but I don't know if any guys that are on the tour now follow suit with it it might be something we see in the future but like I said it's got to be somebody that has like that that stature that Bryson has like he is a tall overpowering human like he yeah he has that that physical stature that plays well with putting on that muscle mass and being able to carry it and it not hinder his game yeah no I, I think that's pretty accurate um It'll be interesting to see kind of where, I mean, there's always been the distance first, trying to hit it as straight as possible debate. Interested to see how this kind of plays out. I mean, it's possible that people just start bulking up, but maybe, maybe I'll try that. I'll try to put on 35 pounds of muscle, see how far I can hit the ball. Um, there's we'll a bunch of, there's a bunch of, you know, smaller tournaments before the masters. Do we do you think we see any of these guys, go in for, you know, a quote-unquote practice tournament to kind of get in the mindset for the Masters? Because a lot of these that are on the list are, you know, in, like, tropical areas. You know, we've got uh, Punta Cana on the list. We've got, uh, you know, the Bermuda tra Championship. Houston is a, a hotter area. Like, I don't know how much it would help going into 
the Masters in November, where we think that, you know, weather and how much, you know, thicker the, the greens are going to be. Do you think we see anybody of of note playing in any of these tournaments leading up to the Masters? I'm sure I, I really haven't taken a great look at the schedule. I'm sure we'll see some guys out there just getting their reps in. I know uh, so Tiger last year had won the Zozo Cup over or the Zozo Championship over in, I believe it was Japan um, last fall. They, uh, I believe, rescheduled that or relocated that to be in Sherwood Country Club sometime in October. Tiger has committed to that to defend his to defend his title there. I think that's probably the only time we'll see Tiger. Um, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure other guys after this week are going to want to take some time away from the course. Uh, I think JT was quoted saying that he wanted to break something and not think about golf for a while. Um, so I, I think a few guys are probably going to want to take some weeks off. But I mean, you got. About a month and a half, almost two months leading up, guys are definitely going to want to get some reps in. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of guys. Again, I haven't looked at the schedule very intently, but I'm sure you see some guys here and there. Maybe show up to Augusta a few weeks early, try to try to get as many practice rounds as they can, get a sense for the greens. So excited to see that um, how that plays out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you guys got us to. Uh... To talk all about it. True. We'll definitely be doing some, uh, maybe some picks podcast uh, as it gets closer. Try to do some scouting, see what what people in the golf world are talking about, who the favorites are, um, some dark horse picks. I'm excited for that. The, uh, the old gambling didn't work out too well in the U.S. Open, so we're for a rebound <laughs> performance at the Masters. And, um, yeah, I was shocked. Uh, we were talking about it before we started recording. Bryce was plus 250 going into Sunday. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, he was playing pretty well all year. So, I mean, he was in contention. He, yeah. Golf gambling, it's tough. It's, it's, a, it's a tough racket. Yeah, it's a tough scene. Um, I think that's all we got, though. So make sure you guys uh, are following us on the social medias. At getting the whole pod on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, you can follow the network at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Jax on Twitter at Jax Michelson. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave a five star rating and review with your thoughts from the U.S. Open, your thoughts going into you know the build up to the Masters in November. And uh, anything else in between that comes to mind, five stars only because we have standards. We know you do, too. Exactly. Uh, you can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts. I believe we're on Stitcher. And uh, we should be on a, a few more platforms in the next couple of weeks. But wherever you get your podcasts, for the most part, the big ones, we are there. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's fun to talk some golf again. Now that we've had uh, yeah, you know, some exactly. big some big tournaments going on. Exactly. Uh thanks for listening. Shout right. out Manscaped and shout out Tomahawk Sheets. True. Get in the hole!